Hey again, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Blessed Are the Binary Breakers. By now, you should know that I'm your host, Avery Smith. My partner made fun of me for always introducing myself as your host, but I figure that's what I am, right? In this episode, you'll get to hear from Adam Richards, who you already heard from if you listened to the episode on the United Methodist Church. In case you haven't been keeping tabs on what updates there have been from that general conference, the UMC voted to stick by the traditional plan, which is bad news for LGBTQ Methodists and their allies. It means that the Methodist Church will continue to say that LGBT plus folks cannot be ordained, cannot get married, um, but the incredible news is that there are so many Methodists who are fighting this decision, and I am so proud of them and wish them the best. And Adam Richards is another one who continues to identify as a Methodist even after this really painful decision was made. Um, I emailed them the other day just to see how they were doing, and they said that things are going surprisingly well. They said that they feel like this decision really shook some people out of complacency. Um, So they're looking on the bright side of things, and I'm really happy about that. Um, Adam was kind enough to sit down and talk to me all about the UMC, but also to talk about their own life, um, which is what this episode focuses on. There is so much to learn from Adam's story. I especially love what they say about the idea of needing to pay attention to people's experiences when determining whether theology is good or bad. Like Jesus said, we can know things by their fruits. So yeah, let's jump in to this episode and listen to what Adam has to say. I'm like tucked away into my closet right now. Yeah, I'm behind, I'm just in my bedroom, um, but I'm behind two doors. Um, my partner and uh, one of my friends is are making me my birthday cake because it's my birthday tomorrow. Um, oh my gosh, uh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. I turned 26. Um, so Adam, I would invite you to, you know, say hello, um, tell the listeners anything you think they should know about you. All right, well, thank you for having me, first off. Um, for sure. It's an incredible opportunity. Oh man, this is really cool. Um, so my name is Adam Richards. Um, I use they, them pronouns. I am 26 years old. Um, I am a lifelong United Methodist, um, and I'm hoping to go to seminary uh, in the spring of 2020 after I finish my master's in political science. So you've crazy. got a lot on your plate. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. On top right. of working at a church, right? Yes, um, I currently work at um, Chapel Hill United Methodist Church in Farmers Branch, Texas. Um, it's a, it's just a, it's a cute little church. I really like working there. Like it's really cool. Um, uh, and I go to church at a different church locally called Arapaho United Methodist. What sort of drew you to those two churches? Oh, I am involved in intimately involved in two different churches, which is um, exciting. <laughs> yeah, that but, is. Um. So what sort of drew me to Arapaho was, um, oh God, this is, this requires a lot of background. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess I, this would be a good segue for me just kind of giving like kind of little life story-ish. Hopefully this isn't too long. 
yes, please. However, <laughs> however long you want it to be, that's what yeah. we're here for. <laughs> so, um, so as I mentioned, I'm like been lifelong United Methodist. Um, the UMC has had issues with um, accepting LGBTQ plus individuals. Um, so kind of growing up was an interesting experience. My parents weren't like super duper religious. I'm actually more religious than I think either of them have ever been. Um, we kind of like went to church off and on really until I was like into like early middle school and I started getting involved at um, the youth group at like Custer Road United Methodist Church. It's a church local in Plano, Texas. It's got this huge youth group. It's a huge church. It's like it's like mega churchy, but it's got like a traditional style sanctuary. It, it's it's a wild place. Um, but they had this huge youth group there and I got like really involved in it. Like I was just kind of like, oh, man, this is actually like, you know, really cool. Like I'm actually like really like kind of jazzed about this church thing. Um, Unfortunately, um, well, I'm not sure unfortunately is the right word, but like I, I, at the same time, I'm like kind of starting to get involved into the church is also the time I'm starting to figure out my sexuality. Gender identity stuff came a lot later, like 10 years later. Um, so I'm kind of like figuring out my like sexuality. And this is like mid 2000s in suburban Texas to kind of give a time frame here. This yeah. was just after like Amendment 2 passed, which was constitutional amendment that bans same-gender marriage. So homophobia was rife, um, yeah. as it was, and it was middle school. Um, and that was reflected particularly among the boys in the youth group. To credit to a lot of those people, a lot of those people as we grew up did come around. Like I'm out yeah. to like a fair few of those people. Um, but it was still a very like not great environment so because it's like at the same time i'm like you know from youth minister um like i'm getting like a lot of like great spiritual development like really learning to love god like and to his credit like his thing was very much like formed a lot of the christianity i have today which was like reframing from the culture warrior definition to like you know how do you serve others and how do you love others like it really emphasizing that but at the same time it was like also not queerness was not something that was just talked about like in a general yeah. setting outside of like sometimes he'd like take the temperature of like the youth group and was just like you know just out of curiosity like how, like how many of you are in like favor of like gay marriage or something like that and like almost everyone raised their hand which was really cool um, <laughs> and i was like oh i feel a lot safer here um that's good but yeah it was really frustrating because the church in general was because it was not affirming Mm -hmm. And I never knew who was safe to talk to. I, I was effectively for a long time, like forced to be closeted and only really came out to select people. Mm -hmm. um, and that really kind of like took a toll on my faith because I'm like, anytime I like came to church, I would have to be like put up this wall and like not be able to be myself. And eventually I just kind of stopped going. Um, um it was super draining after a while. Um, and then I kind of, I, this was around the time I went off to college. So it was like a kind of convenient break point because I wasn't yeah. like, didn't have the youth group to draw me back in anymore. But um, UTD has a thriving LGBTQ plus community. Um, and I kind of was starting to get involved in that. Right, right about like 2013, 2014, I get like a phone call from someone um, who's a member of the social group there, which is now also the political activist group, who is like, Talk to like basically heard me talking about like like LGBTQ plus politics and stuff and was like hey like do you want to like found this like 
activist group with me and i was like oh, wow. oh, yeah i do <laughs> that sounds great um like that's what i'm like kind of wanting to do really that was kind of i didn't really kind of realize that at the time but that was kind of like the holy spirit working kind of thing because yeah. like just like first meeting of that group like you know just looking around there's like 20 or so people but just like feeling this overwhelming like like love for them and this desire to like you know work with them and like advocate with them and like lift up the marginalized basically like it was just like oh my god like this is what i meant to do and that was like okay like this is kind of a thing i still feel like there's something missing at this point because again i didn't realize like this is like kind of a god thing and i'm like okay something missing here and then the whole frank harris thing happened um do do you know about frank harris should i should i give a quick primer um, yeah, yeah, give a bit of information about that. Yeah, um, his name is Frank Harris, I really hope it is. <laughs> Future Avery coming in just to say that Adam meant to say Frank Schaefer, not Frank Harris. <laughs> so basically, he was a United Methodist pastor. He still is a United Methodist pastor. Um, and his son at the time wanted to get married in the Methodist church, and his son is gay. He performed a wedding for his son the thing is in the methodist church you are not allowed to perform same gender weddings like that is not something you can do if anyone finds out about it like you have a very real chance of losing your clergy credentials and that's what happened to him the united methodist judicial system uh stripped him of his end up stripping him of his clergy credentials and that was like you know really do or die for like the whole united methodist thing because i'm just kind of like okay like i know there's like progressive places in this nomination but i'm like i don't know of any of them that are like close to me locally and Mm. also like it seems like this denomination like kind of actively hates me and doesn't want me to be there yeah it's just kind of like why am i here um and so i kind of like about six months i'm just kind of like really wrestling with how do i like you know like work my faith into this like activism that I'm doing. Um like a few like a few months later, um the um LGBTQ plus program coordinator at the gender center at UT Dallas, Matt Johns, um name dropping some great people. <laughs> They're really great people. Um but he comes up to me and it's like he's United Methodist too and he comes up to me and he's like, hey, we're like putting on this panel discussion about because he knew what was kind of going on with me um and i talked about the whole frank shaper thing um he was like hey like we're putting on this panel discussion about lgbtq plus and spirituality and i'm like already i'm like i'm interested like go on um Mm -hmm. and he's like also like there's going to be this new campus ministry group that's going to be there and not only are they like lgbtq plus affirming and they're united methodists and i'm like I don't care what is happening. I'm pretty sure I skipped class to go there, but I went there. <laughs> oh, wow. I basically go there and I like kind of give, you know, basically everything up to this point, you know, how I'm like really feeling with the church, how I'm like feeling like, really hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to just kind of like say this. And like one of the um, people on the office of the group, Emily Hardwick, uh, she like offered this like incredibly like heartfelt apology on behalf of the church and was like hey like this was not okay like 
really sorry just on behalf of the church for the harm that's come to you like you know and just like offered this like like welcoming it's like if you ever like you know want a place or like need a place to be like we are a safe place they can guarantee you that um and that just kind of from there like i started going back into church um realized i had to call the ministry um through like being like uh, an officer in that lgbtq plus group and later in the campus ministry <laughs> which i'm still an officer of right now oh, cool. um yeah and so like you know it just kind of like you know led me on the path of ordained ministry and that's kind of where i want to go it can be so hard like i really feel that there's always this sort of tension where you have to decide whether you're called to stay with the denomination that does some hurtful things and helping to fix from the inside or if it's time to leave, you know? And so I'm so glad you were able to find that campus ministry group that helped you recognize some reasons to stay, you know? Yeah, no, it, and it's done like wonders for my faith. And like, mm -hmm. we're now like really actively like um, involved with the like uh, LGBTQ plus community on campus. Um, mm -hmm. I think most of our officers are LGBTQ plus. I've seen like multiple people who have like come through there who are like kind of like faith hanging on by a thread like kind yeah. of thing. We're like, you know, like now on the path to like again also on the path of like, you know, ordained ministry, which is like yeah. really cool. I'm just like, you know, and even like people who like aren't like, you know, all about like the church things, just so they have like a safe place and they know that we're a safe place because we have a we have a like space on campus. Too. And if even if they're just curious about like Christianity, like they can, they are a safe place to like go and ask questions and like get in touch with themselves better. And that's just yeah. like really beautiful. Um, I wish every school had that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's really cool. Um, like we, we, we host like, you know, like after Pride, um, has its dinners, like they'll oftentimes like a whole group of people will come back to the space and like play games and do stuff. Um, and it's just, it's just a really cool thing. Like I, yeah. I could gush about that for like hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, so awesome, especially because so many people think that you can't be LGBT plus and a person of faith. Do you ever have um, any sort of backlash from people about this campus ministry? We've had like one or two individuals who were very much like maybe three or four, but we've been around for a while at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like a frequent occurrence, but occasionally you'll get someone who come up to you like at a booth who will be like super upset with yeah. you. Like, and they just like trot out the clobber verses and stuff. Yeah. Like, first off, like, what do you think this is going to accomplish? <laughs> like, this is not like, yeah. this is not like a space for debate. Like, mm -hmm. we're just trying to, like, I don't know, like, mm -hmm. sell baked goods. Can you leave yeah. us the fuck alone, please? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not like if they say Romans one twenty seven or whatever at you, you're going to go, oh, my gosh, I had no clue that was in there. Well, gosh, I guess I can't be gay or queer or LGBT right. anymore. My right. bad. Like, that's the thing yeah. that gets me. The thing that gets me about all this is, like, you know, there's just this implicit assumption that we know nothing about our faith. And it yeah. just goes for progressive Christians in general, but like LGBTQ plus Christians, especially. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, no, you just don't like these people come up and they're like, oh, you don't know anything. You've like clearly just never looked at the Bible. And mm -hmm. like, like, motherfucker, like 
I, me and Meg, all the other like, queer people I know are like, if not like, like super biblically literate, like better, more so than the average Joe, because yeah. we need to be like, yeah. and it's, this goes especially so if you're transgender, mm-hmm. like on top of that, but like, you really have to know, which the funny thing about the whole trans stuff is like, even if you're going to take a literal reading of the Bible, like there's like no prohibitions against being trans in the yeah. Bible. Like, yeah. there's nothing. Um, they just think we're, like, super gays. Like, <laughs> like really... Freud. use the gender and the sexuality thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, that's what Freud defined it as. You know, he just, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, inverts and, like, trans yeah. people are just people who are, like, really gay. But, yeah, you have to be, like, like really kind of on your toes about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Like, they'll throw those clobber verses at us without realizing we probably have done more research into those verses than they have. Yeah, we no, I'm very familiar with them. Yeah, being trans has like been an interesting experience. I mean, I've been, I didn't realize I was trans until like probably about this time last year. Okay, um, which was um, an interesting development. One that was kind of a long time coming in retrospect. Um, it was just it's one of those instances where like I don't know if you you've had this experience, but like you go into therapy. And like you're like un- like kind of like quote unquote fixing other issues, and then you just kind of find more things that you haven't dealt with, like <laughs> yeah. underneath that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like after processing a bunch of like childhood trauma from being bullied constantly, um, and you know just general family trauma from like the church or like also my mom passed away a few years ago. Like, just kind of dealing with all of that, once I kind of got that sorted, it was just kind of, like, my brain was just like, oh, by the way, here's all that gender stuff you've been, like, pushing away, like, Mm -hmm. for years. And I was just like, ah, fuck, I don't want to deal with this shit again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I thought I was done coming out to people. God damn it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Um, an eternal process. Right. Um, do you have any um, particular questions for me, like, you know, just general stuff? I know I've been like, you know, I'm sorry I keep hitting my desk. <laughs> I hope that's not too bad <laughs> editing. Um, I'm very clumsy. Um, that's okay. Uh, but um, do you have do you have any particular questions for me, like anything you want to know about? Because um, I know, I feel like I've been talking a lot about. Yeah, you have yeah. covered most of, like, I have a little note card here with questions. Most of them you have answered. If you want to talk more, you know, about um, family, like you mentioned, you have a partner. Um, if you're interested in talking about any of that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God, my partner. Um, we've been we've been together for almost four and a half years at this point, um, uh-huh. which is just wonderful. And it, it's interesting because it's actually like an interfaith relationship. He's basically oh. been like a lifelong atheist. <laughs> It's just, I mean, it's been great. Like, honestly, I think it's because we have, like, you know, mutual respect for each other and, like, our ideas. Like, you know, I mean, it helps that we kind of agree politically in a lot of things, obviously. But um, faith has never really been, like, a conflict in our relationship. I know, like, there's that whole unequally yoked thing. Like, a friend of mine got run out of a campus ministry. Um for um which also ran out several people for being gay um run oh, out of God. a campus ministry for um dating an atheist um oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah and it's all because of that quote from paul that unevenly yoked thing 
you don't feel like you have that issue in your relationship that like i i don't like that's not like that's never been an issue it's like it's Mm because we have mutual respect for each other like and he's been like you know really like supportive of me going to seminary which is like really cool um and like that's that's just awesome um and you know he actually works at the church i work at as a co-op yeah um because he's (laughs) He, because I couldn't like work like um my my usual hours this semester. Like he's taken over like um some of my hours. Um, so oh, he, that's so sweet. Like yeah, um, yeah. And he's really like really neat and organized, and is like better at graphic design than I am. And so like mm-hmm. you know, it things have gotten things are like you know going running a lot smoother now that he's come along. Not gonna lie, but. <laughs> Not that I'm not good at my job, but like, you know, <laughs> that's more his wheelhouse than mine. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you you balance each other out with Yeah. Yeah. No. And he he's great. Um really my family's been like pretty great just in general too. Like even extended family, like with the exception of my sister, which I feel comfortable saying because I don't think she'll ever fucking listen to this. Um <laughs> I, I have a weird family dynamic. So like I'm like bisexual and non-binary. Um, mm-hmm. I have supportive parents. Um, my brother is gay. My sister is like brutally homophobic. What do you think about sort of when it comes to family conflict? Do you have any thoughts on sort of when it when it's worth trying to like salvage a relationship when the when one family member is transphobic and when it's time to sort of move on? You know, any thoughts I, on that? I think if for me, like my dad was not like affirming when he when I first came out to him as bisexual. Like that was a okay. thing that like actually kind of upset him. And he like yeah. really like did a deep dive here, probably because my mom would have killed him otherwise. Um, <laughs> my mom was a very confrontational person, um, and she like kind of like pushed him to be like, "Hey, like you know that's your fucking kid. Like you gotta really work through this." And like he's been like like the super duper like defender of like anyone who's like gonna fuck with me he's like the person who's like no like that's not gonna happen um and it was a funny um it was a funny kind of like occasion um we were over at my parents house and my uh partner who's also trans um we we we, we, my mom who's like the saint was like washing our clothes because we were staying over there um because my mom's an was an awesome person, um, Mr. Dealey. Um, and she's going through the laundry, and apparently what happened was um my mom finds one of his binders and she's like, like, what's this? Like, I don't understand this article of clothing. And my dad, and again, my mom's the one who like grew up in like the like the mo- more affirming environment. My dad just looks over and like you know, it's like, oh, that's a binder. Alex probably trans. <laughs> it was just really funny. Like, it was kind of like, I'm like, I'm like, it was like kind of like, you know, thing where it's like, okay, that kind of personal growth was like, you know, really glad I kind of like stuck things out there. But even then, I still have some, tr- like, if I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I still have some trust issues with like opening up to my dad because of those early yeah. things. And that's, you know, I got to like, like, that's something to like work through. Like, you know, that's the thing that's like, rough uh, about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff is even once you've like reconciled with the person um mm-hmm. it's really hard to especially someone you're previously very close to 
it's really hard to get back to that same level because there's always that voice in the sure. back of your head that's like, this person's not safe. Like, you know, yeah. are they going to turn on you? Are they going to go back to their old ways? I think it's good to be honest about that, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm, like, very self-aware of it. It's been also, like, mm-hmm. hard to deal with, like, properly because, um, like, it was easier to paper over it before my mom passed away. But um, after, like, that, it kind of, like, I couldn't have the conversation. I still really haven't had the conversation. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I also haven't come out to my dad as trans because I'm lazy and I just don't want to deal with answering any questions. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know if any of your people listen to the McElroys and Bim Bam Frog. Oh, I love them. <laughs> um, the episode with the Dallas Live show, uh, I was the person who asked for funny ways to talk <gasps> to my dad. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Adam, so, that's so funny. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still have not. If anyone's looking for an update on that, I still have not. I've mm. come out to probably millions of people before I came out to my fucking dad. Oh my gosh, that's um, so funny. My plan is to find a point to like send it to him, like just the yeah. episode, no context it because it'd be funny because he'd have to be like listening to it and he's like, "What the fuck is this about vaping hot dogs?" Like. <laughs> Like, oh my like, gosh. It would just be really funny. And yeah. like, because he's a very yeah. funny person too. So, um, mm. like, that, I think that would be like a good way to do it. Cause like, the coming yeah. out process usually sucks. There's never a good way yeah. to do it. For me, it was a little easier because I wanted them to start using the right, like, my family members to use my new name. And so right. the name change was a good time to bring it up. Um, also, this is a really random tangent. I love that your name is Adam because you you might know this that um Adam in Hebrew just means human. It's like the neutral word for a human being. Yeah. It's and really so cool. it's, it's like the perfect name for a non-binary person and I love it. Yeah, like I, I think that was <laughs> just kind of delving into trans stuff a little bit. <laughs> like that was like something like just kind of um with that like I, for me like that was part of like, one of the weird things about like figuring out that I was trans was like I had some like the stereotypical like early stuff like you know really kind of more identifying with like you know the girls in my classes like you know but not like so but but not like to the level of but not 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 to the level like like the the, the stereotypical quote-unquote trans experience um whatever the fuck that is um but uh like and I, when I had like, you know, and I would go swimming, like I was like, I would always like want to cover my chest, like, you know, cause it was just kind of like, well, like these people are doing it. Why, why, why am I chest open? I don't want to, I don't, I feel weird. Um, <laughs> I feel exposed. Like for me, it was like hard to figure out because for a lot of it was, um, there's, I don't have that much dysphoria outside of like, like body hair stuff, particularly facial hair. Um, which I just chalked up to a sensory thing due to me being autistic. I'm like, oh, that's probably why. Um, oh like... my gosh, Adam, same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, trans autistic <laughs> high five. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like, a, 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 yeah, you know the process of like, where does yeah. my trans, where's my gender begin, and like, where, where, what's the delineation between oh me God. being autistic and me being yes. trans? <laughs> and the sensory issues that is so relatable. Trying to decide why you're uncomfortable whether it's dysphoria or sensory issues is so hard sometimes right well it's like and like you know they figured out 
both really. <laughs> um, but like, you know, and but I didn't really figure it out until I like, you know, got some more gender affirming clothing, which I really should fucking work on. Um, I just don't <laughs> like shopping, especially when you're non-binary. It's like very hard to find stuff that you're like, yes, like that's mm-hmm. me. Um, because a lot of things are so heavily gendered. Um yeah. but, well, and uh, it can be it can be so scary to shop in parts of the store that people don't expect you to go in. Right. Like, I've gotten to the point with because I'm on testosterone, I've gotten to the point where like I'm sort of like people cannot tell what I am. So when I'm in the guys section, they they're like, why is this girl in the guys section? But now when I'm in the women's section, they want to know why a guy's in the women's section. So I can't win no matter what when shopping. Right. Um, yeah. And that's um, like the only like, which also like limits my shopping opportunities because like one, like buying clothes online is just a hit and miss. So there's that. And then it's just so like, there's a place called like out of the closet in, um, there's, there's actually a chain. It's like an LGBTQ focused um, like thrift store. And I think uh, it, the, the, I think the profits all go to some like uh, a, a HIV charity thing. I don't remember what, but oh, it, yeah. it's really um so i'll shop there in the neighborhood um or i'll get stuff from clothing swaps like because it's just mm. like it's safer um yeah and even then i'm still like really picky <laughs> yeah. i'm still i'm very proud of the ralph lauren jacket i got for nine dollars um that oh, i nice. didn't realize was a ralph lauren jacket until i got it home so uh, it's my favorite <laughs> piece of clothing now this sleeveless jacket but it's also fundamentally useless because it's a sleeveless jacket i wore it at the pride parade <laughs> in dallas because i'm like yeah i can be gender affirming dress up and i was like oh. it's hot as balls out here <laughs> but only <laughs> my chest <laughs> like it's not oh balls, my, but only my chest it, it was a weird experience and i'm like i don't know what to feel right now like yeah, I, yeah. i'm not sure whether i'm comfortable or i'm like dying um, <laughs> but which yeah i guess that's quintessential non-binary living in texas experience um mm. Um, one of the things, there was a church thing I really wanted to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. So one of the things that really got me about faith stuff was, um, like, this was a hard thing to, like, reconcile for a long time. Because, you know, the mythos of, like, you know, you're only going to find God or godly things happening in groups full of Christians, right? Like, yeah, I, as someone who a lot of time in those kind of groups you know and then but then also like spending a lot of time in like you know lgbtq plus groups and i'm like all the things that were said to have supposed to happen in um like these christian spaces don't happen there but they're happening a lot in these secular spaces yeah and i'm like i'm like that's interesting um yes oh that is so true one of the things um was like I, i realized it's like you know, this is just probably also just general theology stuff I've picked up. It's like, it's because you find God in the spaces where the marginalized gather. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not like about, like, this whole nominally Christian thing. And it's like marginalized group people, which means, of course, you're going to find God in groups of trans people. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> being trans, there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes, like, the society in Detroit goes out of its way to make it suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you have this community, like these clothing swaps, like that's literally people clothing the naked right there. Like, mm-hmm. how, how can mm-hmm. you look at that and not say like, you know, and say that's not godly? 
Like how the like I don't understand how you can like look at that and not conclude that that is yeah. you know the, like the Holy Spirit at work. Um, there's this great podcast I listen to, um, the Queer Theology podcast. I do you oh, know yeah. about that? Yeah. Yes. Um, and what I love about the Queer Theology podcast is like so many like oh, this is especially a problem when it comes to like the trans stuff. It's just kind of like almost like a lot of like the easier to find resources on being LGBTQ plus and Christian are focused on explanations for the plopper verses. Um, mm-hmm. Basically saying like you can be like gay and Christian, like kind of yeah. thing. But I'm like, it's all apologetic. It's all defensive. Right. It's all defensive. Mm-hmm. And what I realized, like, partly because of the Queer Theology podcast and because of the wonderful Wesley I'm a part of, um, yeah. is it's just like, okay, like, as a trans person, like, that is very, very limited help to me because the Bible mm-hmm. doesn't talk about that aspect of my identity in that way in those verses. Like, yeah. that's not relevant to me. It's like, where do I see myself in this? Like, what does this have to say for me? And what, when you take a holistic view of the Bible, like Queer Theology does, like the QueerTheology.com podcast does, you, you start to get it, basically. It's like, oh, like, these are, like, it's it's the whole Bible. It's not just these, like, little bits and pieces. It's the whole fucking thing. Like, you know, yes. you, you, like, see yourself in, like, these experiences of, like, marginalization and the examples of, like, LGBTQ plus people existing in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I was like, the David and Jonathan. Um, yeah. I, that's one of those yeah. things that reminds me, like, the whole David and Jonathan thing, just as an aside. Um, uh, <laughs> Oakland, they preached a sermon on that, um, just to, like, kind of introduced the concept Ooh. of, like, yeah, they preached a sermon on that, which I think is on their oh, Facebook page. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's over the summer. They, like, she did a whole primer on this, and she was, like, super nervous about, like, you know, how does the congregation react? I'm like, first off, look at where you fucking are. People are going to eat this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> like at that yeah. point it didn't even matter if it was true people would love it yes. your audience <laughs> also, is ready for it <laughs> but, but also like and um like it's the truth like mm-hmm. you have evidence like mm-hmm. the, like the, the wording is pretty obviously like yes romantic they were definitely queer yeah and i think that you know but like just kind of going through that was like you know that was like really cool like where it's just kind of like oh there's like like for people here like in the bible like i think like a lot of people are gonna one it's true then two people are gonna like you know they need to hear that like yes and even just like beyond like even just beyond like the like explicit representation just like understanding and being able to connect to experiences in the bible like the things you've experienced in like your life as a trans person like mm-hmm. that's like so special and it's been that's been like ever since coming out like my faith has gotten stronger the more comfortable i become with my like queerness the more comfortable i become with my faith and that's pretty impressive for a person um who when they told their um call story to their pastor like it's funny but it's not um, i laugh when yeah. it was said too um I got done telling like the story that I told like earlier uh, to my pastor and she was like, wow, like, you know, if, if I had been through what you'd gone through, I don't know if I'd be a part of the church. And I was like, dang, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's yeah. a hell of a thing for an ordained minister to say. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that actually kept me in Christianity, honestly, was kind of, <laughs> I honestly, like a lot of like, you know, people who are like, atheists who are just kind of like 
you know, and there's nothing, again, nothing wrong with atheists. Hating an atheist, he's wonderful and great. But, like, you know, still running into, like, atheists who are, like, um, super bigoted against, like, Muslims. They're super bigoted against trans people. And I'm like, okay, like, Mm. clearly, like, it's not the Christianity that's the problem here. Not necessarily. Because, like, people are coming to the same conclusions through a different philosophical context. So it's like, it kind of gave me incentive to, like, work on my faith and be like, okay, clearly, like, I don't have to abandon this, mm-hmm. but, but I need to find a way that this, like, is affirming and life-giving and not whatever the fuck is happening out in the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, that's why, like, Wesleyan theology, like, values experience so much is because, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you run into, like, these kind of issues, you can be like, okay, like, obviously this is bad obviously like you know keeping like you know the things that the church does to like repress lgbtq plus people leads to like youth suicides it leads to like self-harm it leads to drug use alcohol use you name Mm -hmm. it mental health issues just this is just kind of one of the things that like gets me about like mainstream christianity is um we we talk about like kind of ignoring the fruits like you know and i think what stops a lot of progress there is like there's this thing in fundamentalist ethics where like you know the means justifies the ends it's this unfalsifiable system of ethics where it's like well god told me to do this and this is how they get around the fruits thing god told me to do this my child is suffering because i'm doing this but since god told me to do it and everything god tells me to do is good then that means this must also be good um yeah i can't bring anything any of the real human suffering. And I've been, in all my discussions, I've been told that. And it's like, that doesn't mm. matter. Like, you have to look at the Bible. What does that say? That's how you determine wow. ethics. And it's just yeah. kind of like, I'm like, but the fruits, but the fucking yeah. fruits. <laughs> and it, um, it is really frustrating that when they say that they're looking at the Bible, they're looking at very isolated bits and pieces of the Bible instead of that overarching theme that we've mentioned about, like, God always being on the side of oppressed people. Right. And and sticking up for people who are suffering and being exploited. Right. But I'm with you. I like that wording, though, that they see the means as justifying the ends. I wouldn't have yeah. thought to word it that way. And that's very, very true, sadly. I'd love to hear about some of the specifics of the good fruit that you've seen in your life um, after, you know, coming out as bisexual or starting to date your partner or coming out as trans. Because for me, it's the good fruit that, like, once I like came out, like started dating my partner and um, coming out as trans and queer, there was still at first some doubt in my mind. Like, am I sure this is like God's okay with this? But the good fruit is what confirmed for me that it was what God wanted. Have right. you sort of felt that? No, and it was like a similar experience. Like that was like I had especially when I first started like because uh, my partner is the first like you know. Well, at the time, same gender. I had some other things to figure out, apparently. But uh, like that was like the first time I'd ever like entered like a specifically like you know queer relationship, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like there was still that kind of like one I had to do with like the nagging doubts of like as a bisexual person, you know, and then primarily have dated women before this was like, is this real? Like I'm still having this kind of is this real though? Like doubt mm-hmm. um uh which i will as an aside um that was real fun uh, running an lgbt group while like you know 
pretty like at least a, a cisgender appearing and like bisexual because there were some people who absolutely did not trust me and yeah. because of that they were like yeah. oh you're That's just cool. like a fake gay right you know oh my gosh biphobia is so real and so crappy i had a really terrible experience once i, I, I someone i knew and this is years ago at this point uh, I saw someone I knew, like, in the student union. I said hi to them. I'm like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And they came over and they like, talking to me. And I was kind of explaining, um, you know, I was, like, kind of, like, they, like, dumped, like, a whole bunch of, like, you know, like, really kind of, like, bad stuff that was happening on, like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, no. it came up that I was, like, bisexual at some point. And, mm-hmm. like, I think she was talking about dating. And she was like, oh, I don't trust bisexuals. And I'm like, no. you just... You just told me your whole fucking personal history. What do you mean you don't trust bisexuals? This is a trans person too. Like on top yeah. of that. Oh Very man, nice. hopefully, hopefully she's unpacked some of that and gotten better. <laughs> I really fucking hope so. But going back to what I was saying, so there's this bisexuality thing, like you know, trying to carve in terms of that, and then also like the Christianity thing. Like both of these things are mm. causing nagging doubts in my head, and yeah. like that's like, and both of those are like for me like really deep down like parts of my identity. Where it's just kind of like, but they're like both put in doubt. Where it's just yeah. kind of like, and I, and I feel like I'm like, like constantly having to justify myself on like two fronts. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. like over time, that like got better because I'm like, I have the experience, I have like, you know, the courage, I have the familiarity with what I'm experiencing. I just have more knowledge, one from getting older and really from like kind of like doing more deep dives into this stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I really should have, in an ideal world, not have had to worry about any of this, not have had to justify any of it because it should just be um like um yeah. like i shouldn't have to like you know justify like my bisexuality by having dated multiple genders to be taken seriously as the leader of an lgbt plus group i shouldn't mm-hmm. have to like you know have like the, you know cover to cover knowledge of the bible to be queer and christian because that's not the standard mm-hmm. for most people like most people don't know shit yeah. honestly <laughs> Yes. I wouldn't doubt their faith, yeah. but most people don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely held up to such higher standards. Right. Like, yeah. and I think, and especially, like, again, that's, like, a doubly so when you're trans. Like, you know, because it's just, like, and, like, even then, it's just kind of, like, I don't even know how to, like, like, when they, like, get the, like, the most, like, thing, closest thing to a clobber verse was, like, you know, there was, like, one verse or something about, like, men should not wear women's clothing, which that's just also arbitrarily defined anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Yeah. that's very culturally um, contextual what counts as women's and men's clothing. I'm like, look, like, once, like, women started wearing pants and, like, really started culturally being acceptable, like, we really should have just, like, that should have just fallen by the wayside at that point. And Mm -hmm. like, you can't just bring that up in 2019 and expect to be taken seriously. You're, yes. If you're a trans man and you're wearing men's clothes, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, you're a man wearing men's clothes. Boom. You did it. Yeah. Well, I, I, honestly, there's, there's possibly interesting, like, nugget there where it's just kind of like, you know, we're, we, we, there's the consequences of sin. Like, you know, and talking about, like, what it does to a person. And, like, you know, what happens, like, it causes the people around you when you sin. But also, like, you know, like that kind of verse, you could like come up with an interpretation of that kind of verse where it's just kind of like, yeah, it would be like, you know, quote unquote sinful to do this because wearing clothes that don't affirm my gender identity causes me harm. Like, yes. and I'm not yeah. being honest with myself. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, then the church is forcing people to live in sin, basically. Um, yeah. Which is like a huge indictment of the church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this has been the wonderfully cathartic conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's been um, it's been really it's been so fun, and I just looked at how long we've been talking for like two hours, and my cat has woken up from her nap and is trying to get my attention. <laughs> She's like, "Human, why have you been in the closet this long? Please come out and feed me." That's just also like an LGBT plus mood right there. Is uh, you know, why have you been in the closet? So long? <laughs> <laughs> get out already. <laughs> But it's comfortable in here, and I have soft, like I have soft blankets in here. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's like the whole thing. That's like go back to the, the bim bam thing. It's like, why are you still here? Like it's just like it's comfier. I don't want to deal with it. Um, yeah, it, it takes so much energy to come out. Right. Yeah, and you have to do it constantly, um, especially mm-hmm. if you're someone like who's trans and is yeah. not like quote unquote like obviously trans is the best way yeah. I can come to phrase it where it's just kind of yeah. like you know I uh, most of the time I look like a cis dude which is just kind yeah. of like you know and people like you know I know Adam is meant to be gender neutral but a lot of people like interpret it as man and so it's just yeah. kind of like it's a very masculine name in our culture yeah. and the people just look at me and they're like man and it's just like no mm-hmm. not man not not yeah. how do I just wearing this well, because gender affirming clothes are hard to find and I'm autistic and these are comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's saying? such a mood. Yeah. And like when you're non-binary, like people expect you to dress like always like their idea of what like neutral is, which in our society, neutral is ma- like masculine and neutral are like the same because of sexism. And so I'm sure that right. doesn't help. Yeah, like personally, like I like dressing feminine sometimes, and then people are like, "Oh, so you are a girl?" I'm just like, "No, that's not how this works." works. And and so my last question to sort of wrap up is, if you have any last, you know, little words of wisdom for trans people of faith. I I think oh for me it's just I I this sounds so cliche, but it's so true. You know, apply this as you will, especially outside of the Abrahamic faiths. is that, you know, God loves you and you're doing nothing wrong. Like, mm-hmm. and just reminding yourself of that. It may not work at first because, mm-hmm. you know, those societal messages are very strong, even when you're in affirming places. But yeah. it's the truth. And it that's what matters. And, you know, and that will get you through a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you for reaching out. That's a wrap on another episode of Blessed Are the Binary Breakers. Next episode should be out in two weeks. In the meantime, go break some binaries and be a blessing to the world with your life.